0: It's the Fulhamish Podcast, your independent voice of Fulham FC. My name's Sammy James, and welcome to the show today. Another World Cup recap. Five out of the six FFC representatives in Qatar are now headed back home. It's only Zhao Polinia who remains in the competition, but for how much longer? Here to dissect all the FFC going on in the World Cup, plus just everything else that's been happening. I'm joined by Jack Stroudley. Hello. Hi, mate, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. And Stephen Sheldrake, hello.
2: Hey, Sammy. Hey, Jack. Good to be
0: here. Well, um, this is just a really quick pod, similar to how we did uh, about 10 days ago with Coops uh, with and Dom. Just our thoughts on the World Cup, uh, something a little bit different. And um, we know there's plenty of places for World Cup content, but not very much of it focuses solely on the Fulham players. So that's uh, what certainly we'll be doing at first. So, um, Jack, just generally your thoughts on the World Cup so far. Uh, I feel like the last few days have been just exceptional group stage stuff. Um, it's great to see that FIFA are changing it for the next World Cup, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the World Cup so far. I was a little bit skeptical coming into things. Um, but as a whole, as the competition's kind of progressed and latter into the group stage we've got, we've seen some really good games. I mean, two, I'm sure will I on to Serbia, but two really good games involving Serbia. Mm. Um, and then yeah, just some stupid group stage, just World Cup narrative, just South Korea scoring last kick of the game. Guarda then waste time wasting despite the fact that they needed goals to go through purely just because they (laughs) wanted to knock out Luis Suarez. It was it's just been it's just been a really really good tournament. I think.
0: Yeah, Stephen, what's been your uh, highlight of the group stages so far? Barring England, because obviously that was fun. But um, barring England, what has been your favourite moment so far?
2: A favourite moment. I mean, there's so many to pick from. I've got to be honest. I think this is the best World Cup that I've. I've watched, I'd probably Ronaldo getting that goal taken away. That was just hilarious. Uh, <laughs> honestly, there's just too many to pick from. Uh, just an absolutely phenomenal cup so far.
0: For me, it was the the blissful five minutes where Japan and Costa Rica were going to go through the group stage when honestly, I was like, this could be the best thing ever. If Costa Rica and Japan somehow uh, sent Spain and Germany packing in the end, it was only Germany that went home. But that evening for me, that was just like, what is going on? Um, sadly, it was the day where I was going back from Qatar. So spent that whole kind of match just in the airport basically, which was, was which is a bit rubbish rather than, uh, rather than going to any of the games. But yeah, I, am back now from Qatar. Um, had a nice time out there. Look, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. Um, but enjoyed it Went to see some matches. Um, the atmosphere out there is pretty cool, uh, especially in like Souk, uh, Waqif where all the fans mix and stuff. So I had a nice time, went to some football matches, but quite back, Quite glad now to be back watching it from England. There's something about watching it all on the telly with your friends. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get involved in the England game tonight. So yeah, if you're listening to this and wondering why we're not talking about England-Senegal, it's not happened yet. Um, probably by the time you listen to this podcast, it will have. So maybe we won't be quite so jolly, uh, or the generally the country won't be quite so jolly uh, by the time you're listening to this, depending on what happens. Um, Jack, let's start off, I think, with, Serbia. Um, They were involved in two crazy games. I was at that Cameroon game, which was just the nuts. Um, They drew that one in pretty frustrating circumstances if you're a Serbia fan. And then again against Switzerland, they got themselves into the lead and they threw it away again. But two Mitro goals. I don't know whether to be kind of like happy for Mitro. We got a couple of world cup goals. He kind of proved himself on this stage, but obviously he'll be gutted that Serbia are going home, but it's not his fault that his team can't defend for shit.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, for Mitro, it obviously be really frustrated. And I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's kind of six to one, half a dozen and the other from a, from a very, you know, Fulham perspective, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of in a, in a weird way. It's kind of good. He's, he scored two goals the header against Switzerland was a really good finish as well um, And but he's also now got adequate time to kind of come back he's got that that injury that's been plaguing him for the last couple of months he's now got apt time to rest and recover um, ready for the Crystal Palace game on Boxing Day
0: yeah I mean Stephen I think The goal that he scored against Cameroon was was one thing. He also missed a a couple of big chances in that game. But the header that he scored against Switzerland, that is prime Mitrovic. I mean, to score a header from that far out with that much kind of accuracy and pace on it, that really was a prime Mitrovic goal. And um, yeah, I think you can take a lot from what he's done in this tournament because he's proved himself even if his team fell short.
2: Yeah, if you were to say, oh yeah, Mitro scored in this tournament and how has he scored? That's exactly how you envision it, isn't it? Such a good, powerful header. Mitro's done himself, he's done himself completely like proud, you know, two goals and one, maybe two assists if I if I recall correctly as well. There was always question marks over his fitness and going into that Brazil match, we're all wondering how he was going to get on and it was a bit of a uh, a slow start, but you can't really blame him for that one. And then he's, he's hit the ground running since then and just grown into the tournament. I think he'll be happy with himself, but um, overall, I don't think he'll be too concerned um, about his own performances. I think he would have just been desperate to get Serbia through the group stages. So I imagine he's pretty gutted, uh, but he yeah, done himself and his country proud. And, you know, hopefully he's got another World Cup in him. I'm sure he does. Um, and, you know, he comes home with a bit of time to rest ahead of um, the Boxing Day match. So... Yeah, well done, Mitro.
0: I'm a bit surprised, Jack. I had, I certainly had Serbia getting through the group stage. I mean, I, I'm, I did my World Cup bracket, and I had them getting to the quarterfinals. I think, because I thought they might play Portugal in the uh, in the last sixteen, and I thought Serbia would. You know, they obviously have a number on Portugal, the way that they qualified above them. I really was a bit shocked, but I think we always underestimate Switzerland. Every tournament, everyone goes, "Ah, Switzerland to get knocked out in the group? And every tournament, they always, you know, they never win it. They never get that close to winning it, but they always just are quite good and tough to beat and have some goals in them. And Mbolo up front, I thought was uh, fantastic.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you, Sammy. I had Serbia in the quarterfinals knocking out Portugal and then and then getting knocked out consequently. But it's yeah, Switzerland always just seemed to turn up. It doesn't matter the tournament. I remember even even in kind of just normal international games, I remember they played England um last last March in at Wembley and I was I was at the game and Switzerland were, were in ahead the and then they they played quite well and, and I vaguely remember I'm pretty sure it was Euro twenty twenty, I could I could be corrected on that. I'm pretty sure they they took didn't they knock out France on yeah, they knocked, out for, yeah they knocked, out knocked out France, out France yeah. so they they always just they're always an underdog that everyone just seems to forget about. But yeah, frustrating for Serbia and frustrating for Mitrovic. But that's just the World Cup, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I guess there is that positive. I think particularly with Mitrovic, it was like. I really wanted him to do well in this world cup. I really wanted him to get some goals because I think he's such a confidence player and he kind of needed to get his mojo back. You could clearly see in those games that he was playing after his injury, that he wasn't quite himself, but also this injury has not obviously fully gone away. I I was at that Cameroon game, as I mentioned, and, that challenge he received after about 20 seconds when he went down and was there in the stadium, was just fully adamant. He's, he's out here. This is, this is bad. And he really wasn't moving well that whole game, even though he created all the chances he did, even though he scored, he was walking around the pitch. And so from a Fulham perspective, I think now the fact he's got three weeks before that palace game, I think cut will we'll do him the world of good. Um, would be interested to see how much time off, the players getting knocked out of the World Cup gets. Because I imagine they must get some sort of little break, but I don't think it will be long before they're heading back to those kind of pre-season training camps. So we got a, a, a um, I was going to come to questions in a minute, but we did get a question from um, James Wilson who said, not a question so much as a plea, please. None of this being happy that Mitro Ream, etc., are coming back early and healthy. These are human beings living their dreams and they deserve our full support and to be as happy as can be. And it benefits Fulham in the long run, which I do get like, I don't want to do this podcast being here like, well, great that Mitro's out. Cause then he's going to be fit for palace. Like obviously i like, you know, if he ha- if he won the tournament, I'd have been like delighted for him. But at the same time, I think you have to, you can, there's a middle ground here, Stephen, where you can take a silver lining out of it and be like, look, I'm disappointed for him. He got knocked out. I was there chir- cheering the loudest in the street when um, Serbia took the lead against Switzerland. But ultimately there is a silver lining here because that three weeks is obviously going to be beneficial to him in terms of recovery.
2: Yeah, a hundred percent. We all want to see our Fulham players, uh, you know, being as successful as possible in the World Cup, and we love watching them. Um, I personally, I've been enjoying watching the States a little bit more than England, which I know is going to get me uh, killed. But um, I just, I've, it's been an amazing experience and uh, a real joy to have six Fulham players, um, you know, being represented and a few former players like Angisa and Nico as well. It's been really, really exciting. Um, so yeah, of course, we want them to go all the way. I think it's. I think it's just certain players, Mitrovic and Paina, who are so key to our Fulham season that if anything happened to them, it would cause a real impact on our season. So, like, they're they're arguably our two best players outfield, and you know, with Mitro's recent injury concern, I think we all just wanted him to you know get his strength back up, back up get his confidence back up, do well. But you know, if he did go all the way to the end of the tournament with this kind of niggling injury that's been going on for quite a while, I think it would be a concern when he comes back that he's been overdoing it and needs some time out. And we, um, as Fulham fans, you know, feel we don't have the sufficient cover as, as 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 hard as Vinicius is trying. I think we're all kind of universally agreed he's not what we need him to be at the moment. So you know, you can't help as Fulham fans, but but you know be a bit cautious um and we're all on this kind of roller coaster where we're we're like oh my goodness we're in ninth place we're actually doing it and what's going to go wrong and that's why i think we're all a little bit like oh um but no of course we all want Metro to do well and he's done phenomenally and i don't think he had to prove anyone wrong on the um you know the world cup stage he's always been fantastic internationally and he's just continuing what he started and we're super proud of him
0: i tell you what though serbia must be pig sick of um Switzerland because it was Switzerland that basically knocked them out of the 2018 World Cup as well <laughs> I mean the group similarity because it was Brazil Switzerland and Serbia in Group E of the World Cup in 2018 it was only uh, Costa Rica and uh, this time Cameroon that was any difference in the group and yeah it was basically that clutch match against Switzerland which they lost in the 90th minute that time as well so I think uh, if you're Serbian you must be big sick of Switzerland like please if we get to the World Cup I just don't want to play them ideally again and Mitch Rich scored in that game as well so because um, I, I kind of had forgotten that he- scored in that world cup. So I was thinking that game against Cameroon, that was his first world cup goal, but completely had blocked out my mind that he scored, uh, four and a half years ago, um, in Russia. We well, had yeah, tough luck to, um, Serbia. Uh, one team that did make the knockout stages, but are out is the USA and, uh, two Fulham representatives there with Reeman and Robinson and Jack, um, and they were kind of unlucky in that game against the Netherlands. Um they lost 3-1 in the end. It could have been so different, particularly if Pulisic had scored that chance after like 3 or 4 minutes. Then I think the USA would've had something to hold on to, but the quality of the Netherlands just kind of told in the end, didn't it? And, and and the USA just don't have a striker, basically is the problem.
1: Yeah, I think I think spot on there. It was it was a it was a good game and, you know, on another day, yeah, if if America had small attacking quality, they could have could have got something from it, but I, I think it's just a, I think they've they've surprised me America to be honest with you. I kind of had them out in the group stage but they've 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 surprised me and, and I di- I didn't think Tim Ream was going to kind of play as much as he did and I'm so glad he has cuz he's just been absolutely phenomenal and it's just so I'm so glad that he's finally had a chance on the world stage to to show himself. Um I don't know if any of you guys saw he done an interview after the Netherlands Games yesterday yes. and he, he basically talking about the, the, like telling all the youngsters that you this is don't treat this as if you're going to have this all the time. This is this could be your last chance. And I think he's, I'm just glad he's had that opportunity to show himself for the American national team and obviously Robinson as well.
0: Yeah. Um, The quote in full is amazing from from Tim Ream, who said, I've tried to convey this to the guys. You're never guaranteed anything in this game. I was. I've been in the program for 12 years and never guaranteed anything. Obviously, a lot of these guys are guaranteed another World Cup. And for me, that's not going to happen. Trying to convey to the other players to treat each and every training session as if it was their last, each and every game as if it was their last. Tomorrow, if it all finished and their career was done, would they be happy with it? And then he says, honestly, I can say that was the case for me. Yes, I've given it everything. Um, Steve, I mean, it's kind of goosebumps, really. Like, it was such a story for Tim Ream. He he wasn't going to play for Fulham this season, according to pretty much all of us. According to every pundit, he was never able to make it in the Premier League again. He's not only proven himself in the Prem, he's proven himself on the World Cup level. They didn't concede a goal in open play in the knockout, in the group stage. And then obviously in the knockouts, the Netherlands, their quality told. But Reem still looks so composed on the ball. He looked like he was meant to be at this level. I feel like he's also proving that age is just such a number. Like, who cares if you're 35, if you've got the quality of Tim Ream and the composure on the ball that he has. And yeah, OK, he ma- like, lacks a bit of pace, but like, you can build a team around him that um, can, can cover for you. And with Anthony Robinson, you've got the perfect person that can cover for you if, you, if, if occasionally you're, you're caught a bit slow. Um, just such an inspiration. And he has proved that actually you can sometimes um, make it when everyone is doubting you.
2: It really is something special. I know I'm constantly banging the ream drum that (laughs) just how phenomenal he is. And, you know, this story has been uh, very inspirational this season. As you say, Sam, we, we, we all wrote him off at this level because of his pace. But it just goes to show that like with the right players around him, just how his strengths can come through. Uh, it didn't quite work when we had like Joe Bryan at left back because t- as a partnership, they there were some holes that were exposed. But Robbo's pace is able to alleviate all of that for Tim Ream and obviously with Paine protecting him as well. And, you know, I wasn't sure how he was going to get on in this World Cup because, you know, Paine is such a crucial part of that. But he's just completely thrived. And I, oh, it's just been such a pleasure to watch him and uh, you know yeah the USA did so so well and I thought they were really unlucky against the Netherlands uh, you know they dominated the ball but Louis van Gaal definitely kind of used that against them uh, and again I don't really blame Tim Ream for any of the goals um, of course I would say that uh, sadly our, our boy Jedi I think decided to have a little bit of an off day yesterday Um just in terms of marking and positioning uh but yeah Reem was awesome and then when he nearly scored uh to get one back i was like i was at the gym and i was just like screaming at my phone getting weird looks like <laughs> oh just oh i just loved the man so much and i hope we can get him back on the pod one day and uh talk about this success story because he's just he's just fucking awesome excuse my french but oh no. love him
0: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i i i've Never felt like... There's so many players in this Fulham team who I think are just so special and stuff. And I love Mitrovic, love Polina, but there's something about Ream and what he's done. This this redemption arc is is stunning. Um, Jack, uh, Stephen touched on it there. Robinson's marking for the third goal. Um, I'm not sure what he's doing there, but he's just completely lost Denzel Dumfries at the back post. And this, it's such a shame because... USA were back in it, like they'd got themselves to two one, and I think we were set for an amazing finale. And that just kind of like that just killed it, really, didn't it? That that moment, that lapse in concentration. But but good players do that to you, and the fact that Netherlands have got such attacking riches, I think Robinson just lost lost who he was supposed to mark.
1: Yeah, I think he he will be frustrated with that one, and I think America will be frustrated with that. And they got back into the game, and you at two one, you're thinking, are we going to have another? crazy World Cup game that could, you know, maybe go to extra time and this, that and the other. But yeah, Robertson will be frustrated. It reminded me a little bit of some of the defensive frailties you saw from him last season. I think he's really improved this season defensively in, in the Premier League. But yeah, he'll be frustrated. And then also just to touch back on on Tim Ream, um, I wonder if he feels a little bit bittersweet about it. Obviously, he's, he's now, he's 35 and he's kind of coming to the peak very, very late. You know, if this is if this is ten not, just, not ten years ago, but even four years ago, um, he's maybe thinking, oh, I've got another World Cup in me, and, and a more chance to prove himself on a, on a higher level."
0: Yeah, and especially with it being a home World Cup as well, it's just not quite fallen for him. I, I wonder if this will now be an international retirement. You wonder if, has he got anything left to prove now at international level and, you know, looking after his um, body? I think he was benefiting really from the fact he wasn't playing for the US, I think, from a, a, on a domestic level. The fact that he wasn't travelling all the time and stuff, I think was helping him really so you wonder now if he'll just say look i'm not going to be in any future tournaments we've got you've got a blood through a new sense back partnership I, I i got my moment which i never expected to get at the 2022 world cup so i'd be interested to see if there is a international retirement but then again i do think that tim reams probably one of those players who would say i can't ever fully retire if you want me i'm here but like yeah, yeah. he probably knows in himself that i imagine that uh whoever the new u.s coach is or if it, it stays with Greg um, will be looking to blood a new squad for that 2026 World Cup, which is obviously going to be massive again, Stephen, one of those from a Fulham perspective that not happy that the U S went out, but maybe the fact that they still, it, again, almost a bit of best of both worlds, right? Like they got to the knockouts, Reeman Robinson of their, their stock has risen massively in different ways, but also they're out quite early three week gap. They can rest, they can recuperate and hopefully be ready for that, that big Christmas schedule that's coming up.
2: Yeah, particularly uh, Robinson more than Reem, which sounds surprising, but you know the man is a machine running up and down that wing, and it's got to get exhausting at some point. Especially as, let's be honest, we don't play anyone up in, instead of uh, Robo. So I think the rest are doing good, and hopefully he won't be kind of mulling over that last game too much. With Reem, I feel like the more he plays, the better he gets. Actually, I think he just starts to click. Um, and we shouldn't underestimate him, you know. I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. And then when he's forty-three, he'll be, you know, still captain in the United States of America. And uh, we'll be like, how the hell is he doing it? What is he taking? Um, I really hope it, it, you're absolutely right. It, I can't believe the next World Cup's going to be in USA, and you know, he will most likely not be in that team. But. um you know, I really hope he's involved on a coaching level because Reem is just one of those people and one of those characters that you just want in the dressing room and absolutely like professional from everything we've seen as Fulham fans Um, and I can fully see him getting into coaching and um, I really hope he can somehow continue a role at Fulham and I know we get a bit sentimental about players sometimes and most of the time they don't really do that kind of thing but um, he's been with with us for such a long time and he's played so many games and like It feels like only now he's kind of getting the credit he deserves, but like that's fair enough because there were some questionable um, moments in his career, um, especially you know, partnering with Adoy (laughs) or Adoy at centre back those were good times, weren't they? Um, I mean, look at Adoy now, he's just gone on to just oh, it's all incredible, isn't it? All these success stories at such an older age, but um, I digress a little bit, but basically, yeah, I, I hope he can continue in the States in another way they've done so well they'll be super happy that they've got through the group stages um, and yeah hopefully they they can find themselves a striker and um, I've got a question for you guys actually um, other than the obvious like Pulisic obviously full America is a really big thing and Tim's yes. coming to the end of his career so who would you what was your new American player that you would take in our Fulham squad I would love to know Jack
1: um, I mean it's a it's a very I think a very kind of obvious answer in terms of the best players i'd take um west western mckenney the, oh. the midfielder. i think he he's just he's quality and i think we obviously we're lacking a little bit in midfield um and i think someone like him would just fit perfectly
0: yeah mckenney was the first person that kind of came to uh to my thought. i did think maybe dest at right back as well like yeah, if we're that's looking clearly we're, we're in the hunt for right backs at the moment and um you know we're linked with Wan-Bissaka right back. So if you had to keep it, maybe death. Um, other than that, I'm, I mean, certainly none no one up front. I mean, the only other one that like, is it that unfeasible is, is where is Christian Pulisic's next club? Is, is, is he going to stay at that kind of elite champions league level? He's kind of like in and out of Chelsea? Um, Potter seems to regard him a little bit more than uh, than Tuchel did. One day that might happen maybe, but yeah, I, I, that's my only other suggestion.
2: There was a rumour at uh, start of the season that he was um, going to be leaving uh, Chelsea. And oh, I don't know how, I think there was like one silly thing that linked him to Fulham. And I started thinking about it. I was like, well, he's already in, you know, South West 6 and like Silva's plays attacking side football. But he's a bloody Champions League winner in the end um, yeah. unfortunately I think he's still I think he would slot into the Fulham team perfectly but I do think he's just a uh, slight calibre above like where we are at the moment uh, but yeah I'd also I'd also go for Dest I think with Tese with his slight injury uh, issues or a million yellow cards which I didn't realise cropped up I think he would be amazing at Fulham and he's still quite young I believe so yeah, yeah. good to see where the Fulham America journey takes us
0: yeah. Like, obviously he's playing for quite a big club already in AC Milan. Like, it's quite an ambitious one. I'm not like, oh yeah, we're going to sign him. But like, if there was a player that like I could cherry pick out of it, maybe Destin who I would go for. But I uh, I get that it's not just like, oh yeah, let's just have him. He's not playing for anyone big, is he? Um, but yeah, I would love it if there became some sort of, I always think it is almost an unwritten rule, but you know how um, United have to name an academy player in their squad. It's not like they have to, but like, They do. And there's always a United Academy player, at least on the bench in the squad for Man United. I feel like Fulham should have a rule that there's always a a player for the U S men's national team. Yeah. Within our squad. I don't know how that could be enforced, but it's basically been that way for 20 years now. So we might as well just continue it. Right. We've, we've fully gone down this path of always having an American player. So yeah, we, it, it, you know, and and there's a chance coming up that that might be under threat. If, if, if Reem retires, if, if Robinson gets a big move and there's talks about him getting a big move already, um, you know, we need to start thinking who's going to be the next one, guys. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see elsewhere from a Fulham perspective. Harry Wilson and Dan James gone home early. Jack, um, I think from an England perspective, obviously we were were too gutted about that. Um, They didn't really make any mark at the world cup. Did they like, I mean, Wales didn't make, uh, did a single Wales player make their mark at this world cup? Um, I'm trying to think of one before. I mean, I thought Joe Allen was the best player against England, um, which which says a lot.
1: Yeah. I, I live, I live with a couple of, a couple of Welsh, Welsh people and, pre-World Cup they were absolutely giving it the big ones you know this is our <laughs> this is our time rocked up for the USA game with the with with bucket hats on giving it the big ones and by by uh the Iran game they were all very very subdued and very quiet around the flats. so it was uh it was quite funny um yeah Dan, Dan James didn't particularly do anything Harry Wilson didn't particularly do anything I'm actually maybe it's just me I'm actually a little bit concerned about Harry Wilson, if I'm being brutally honest with you, obviously mm-hmm. he had that injury and he's come back and I don't necessarily think he's set the world alight since coming back at Fulham and he's obviously he's had a difficult World, world Cup. Um, we've now obviously got Solomon coming back in as well and is there any question marks in terms of how much, how much game time he gets? I think Dan James keep, you'll see in the same vein it will be just cameos off the bench, bringing his pace in. That, he done quite well against Man United just before the World Cup doing exactly that. So I think we'll see the same with that, but I am slightly concerned about Wilson, if I'm honest with you.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I thought that maybe the World Cup would be the rejuvenation. I do wonder if he was kind of rushed back in. He obviously wanted to make the World Cup so desperately. I think he clearly isn't 100% fit. So, yeah, I, I, I just, maybe he needs a tad more time just to kind of get to, like, proper... Premier League fitness and stuff. We know the qualities there with someone like Harry Wilson, but he, he does need to be 100% fit. And that and that injury at the start of the season really just must have knocked all of his confidence that he had coming in from, from the championship. So yeah, fingers crossed Harry Wilson can get back to full fitness. The only player left is João Um He's been making kind of substitute appearances for Portugal. Um, he was involved in that moment when um, uh, South Korea scored that winner. Uh, he, he kind of missed the tackle uh, for once on, uh, on Song Hyun Min, who then just uh, rolled it through for South Korea to score that Winner, but look, let's see if uh, Zhao can get a few more minutes. And uh, he's the one Fulham representative left uh, in Qatar. Uh, the Fulham players are currently in Portugal, uh, warming up for, uh, for pre season. So, uh, I think we'll be seeing some more kind of Fulham content. And obviously, it's not too long now into that West Ham friendly, uh, which is in a couple of weeks' time. We're going to take a short break afterwards, we're going to answer some of your questions. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster say? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because
2: I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast. It's Sammy here with Jack Stroudley and Stephen Sheldrake. Let's do some questions then before we end the pod. Um, Dom asks, are we all agreed Mitro is now officially back and we'll have 20 plus goals by the end of the season. That's, that's the spirit, isn't it, Stephen? (laughs)
2: Yeah. uh, I don't think Mitro ever left. Like I know he had an injury and he was really sluggish and it was getting concerning, but, the bloody guy even when he's like working at 20 percent, he still gets a goal and assist or wins a penalty so yes i have expectations of him to get at least 15 goals this season and and, you know in that silver system there's no reason why he can't i mean what's he on now nine or something silly like yeah yeah. i think he is yeah give him a little rest let's just put an ice pack on his ankle and give him a cuddle and then i think he'll be back firing on all cylinders and um yeah, you know, listen, you we joke about it, but yeah, 20 plus, why not? Why not?
0: Um, this question from the Fulham Lads um, says Is Jedi's quality performances for the US a positive thing as it boosts his confidence at the highest of stages before the Prem's restart? Or is it a negative as it erases awareness of the quality he has with interest possibly and already coming from European giants? I mean, Jack, a lot is being made of um, Robinson being potentially ready to move for a big fee. Um, I saw someone saying surely Fulham would have to accept it. If it was like, I saw someone saying 25 million. I think, I think, I think he's at least worth 25 million. I think what he is a young, very pacey left back that can play at wing back. And also is pretty sound defensively other than the mishap against the Netherlands. You look at Cucurella's value. I, I don't see why Robinson should be worth much less at the, uh, at the rate he's been going.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think to answer the the, fir- the first question, I think you can only take it as a positive that that a Fulham player is is playing well. Even before the World Cup, the, the 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 rumors about him, I think it was Inter Milan, um, were were coming around, and how true they are is is another story. But I think you can only see it as a positive. Um, and then, yeah, I agree. Twenty twenty five million seems about right. Maybe maybe even more. Would I accept it? Honestly, probably not. I I think. Finding, I don't think there's a, a huge crop of really talented left backs out there at the moment. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, and mm. yes, he'd he'd want the move, and if he wants the move, that's absolutely fine. But would I would I be happy with 25 million? Pro- probably not. I don't I don't see us finding a sound replacement unless we really went into the depths of scouting. I don't think we'd find a sound replacement at that value. And he's, he, he he seems to be enjoying his time at Fulham at the moment. And he's, he's playing, he's playing well for Fulham. So unless we had to sell him, I, 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 I wouldn't.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's, I think find it's, it's, I think if you get something in the realms of 40, 50 million and that could transform a team, you could quite easily find a good replacement. I think at that kind of level of money, then maybe. But like, I think it would have to be that kind of like level really. And, and we know his value, right. And, and, and he's so integral to our team and um, it's another one who crazy, what we were saying this time last season, justifiably, I think at times with some of his championship performances, but the way he's come on in the last 12 months, he's just kind of almost settled into his own skin really in terms of his place at Fulham and what the kind of player that he is. I think his his own understanding of the game has is just gone on leaps and bounds. And I think he deserves the praise that he's getting. Maybe that lapse in concentration will be a good thing for Fulham because everyone will be like, "Oh, actually maybe, maybe we don't want to spend all that money on Robertson where we, we know that that's just a lapse and those kind of things happen. But, um, And we do know that he's got a lapse in concentration in him. Look at the, the, you know, some of the penalties that he's conceded and things like that. He does have the occasional moment, but like we know that he makes up for it in, in the, his quality across the pitch. Um, James Barron says if England win the world cup, who are now my second team after Oz has been knocked out. Oh, apologies, James, you gave it, you gave it a bloody great run. Oh, so uh, I was screaming at the telly when I thought that um, that player had scored in the 96th minute. Yes. Oh, so jumping up and down. Is there a chance the premier league will suffer a bit from the months long national party that will surely follow? Um, I mean, it's an interesting one. It's going to be weird, especially if Jack, if, The the unthinkable did happen, and England somehow won it. Like then trying to get back into Fulham Crystal Palace six days later is going to be quite quite the transition.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird. Even I'm pretty sure the World Cup's the day day uh, after the West Ham. Friendly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So day. even then, is anyone really... Go, I mean, I don't think many people are going to care, but is anyone really going to care about about Fulham West Ham when a day later is England are going to be in a World Cup final? I think as a whole, it's going to be pretty weird going straight back into the swing of things with a, with a Premier League. And there are obviously... There's been question marks about how players are going to recover, if the quality of football is going to decline the latter into the season we get. But... Yeah, just, I mean, if the unthinkable did happen, I don't think anyone could think of anything worse than going to Sellers Park and getting straight back into the swing of things on Boxing Day.
0: Yeah, I think it's a bit unfortunate, really, with some of the fixtures that Fulham we've been given over Christmas, in a way. I would have loved to have swapped it the other way, really, and played teams like... Palace and Southampton before the world cup, because I think if you'd have got United and city straight after you look at how many city players are still in the competition um, uh, at this stage, I think it's going to be really hard for some of those bigger teams to adjust. And some of them have got a huge amount of games coming up as well. Some of those kind of big six clubs with the rearranged fixtures after the queen and uh, the weekend after the queen died as well. So um, I think that it would be a good time to play the big six, but We have who we have and you can't massively uh, change it. Um, Final question here. Um, Matt Pollard says any injury concerns to think about from the guys coming back from Qatar? Robinson looked to be in pain at the end yesterday. I mean, Stephen, nothing that's massively concerning me with a three week break. Surely it's enough for everyone to kind of get fit. The only one that would be a concern is if Polina gets injured and Portugal have more games.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, from a Fulham perspective, we're in a, a a strong position, uh, in terms of injuries, and hopefully this time. Well, this time has been great for the likes of you know Solomon. We've all been keeping an eye on him. Um, you know, Fulham been shouting about how well he's getting on in the training, and I, you know, I think we're all really excited, and we've we've been crying out for a, a really strong winger. Even though we have a really good range of players, mm. there is still some question marks about whether they will smash it in the Premier League. You know, we're talking about Wilson and his qualities, but we, we've seen Wilson thriving in the Championship. We need to see him thriving in the Premier League. Uh, and so whether that's because he's a bit slow to get back from injury or, or it's just a bit of a different test. He clearly did it before for the likes of Bournemouth and a, li- a little bit for Liverpool. Um, I'm desperate to see him stick a free kick in the back of the net at some point in his film career but you know he might do a bit of a John Arnaurisa in that sense and uh, yeah never quite get that goal like that but um, you know in terms of injury concerns I think it's only uh, only a good thing for us our our current position Um, and yeah Paina would all be just Praying that, praying that he doesn't go too hard to a tackle, but we know he, he only does 110%. They're, they're, it's only black and white. There's no nothing in between. So uh, I I what does Paina have to do to start in this World Cup team? Because I really write Neves, but like, God, oh, the man mm. is just... It Wasn't there a stupid stat like when he came on against... Uh, I don't know if it was like the 88th minute against Ghana or what, but he like made the most tackles out of yeah. any player and he was on the pitch for about 10 <laughs> minutes. I mean... That's insane.
0: Yeah, I do find it surprising. We actually have a question here. There's no name. It's at Zach, not pop, um, <laughs> a Toronto Seahawks and Fulham FC fan. He says, are we in agreement that Polina should have uh, started in place of, uh, of Neves? I, I, Jack, I don't know enough about the Portuguese national team to have a massive opinion on it, but I do find it quite surprising.
1: Yeah, I mean I say I can't claim to be an expert on, on Portuguese football if I'm being perfectly honest with you, but I do know Jacques obviously, and Ruben is a relatively different players, so maybe there's something in that. But I agree, I don't I don't understand what he has to do to to get a start. I mean, maybe when they, they start to come up against quote unquote more more challenging teams. I know there isn't an easy game in the World Cup, maybe they'll introduce him for a bit of, you know, defensive stability, but yeah, the fact he's not played not even a full 90 combined I think he's only played about 30 minutes of the World Cup Mm. in in cameos is is really surprising for a player who is just in incredible form with Fulham I mean he he couldn't have been in better form the last game that Manchester United game where he was absolutely just unbelievable and it is I mean it is a little bit frustrating as a a Fulham fan to see
2: you think if he was going to start it would have been that last match when if I'm correct Portugal was sitting on well, already qualified, maybe, and yeah. six um, six points. So that yeah. could have been, oh, yeah, let's give Neves a bit of a rest and swap it over. So I'm not sure he's going to start a game, if I'm honest, but I'm hoping, I'm just, I will be praying he does. But, um, yeah, we'll see.
0: Uh, have a few other little uh, Fulham bits and bobs. Uh, the Fulham women got an amazing win uh, against Millwall uh, Lionesses who are top of the league that uh, Fulham women are in um, last Sunday. Uh, so a huge result for, for them and uh, only three points behind the top of the table now, uh, which is uh, pretty exciting times. Uh, they play today at Motspur Park against uh, Dulwich Hamlets. So we'll see uh, how they get on uh, in that Dulwich Hamlet towards the bottom of the table. So it should be hopefully uh, another win for Fulham uh, if everything goes to form. And then um, chaps, the FA Cup draw was uh, was announced this week, the third round of the FA Cup. It's the one that we were all dreaming of, the tie that we wanted <laughs> to be pulled out the hat most. Hull City away, Jack. Oh, it's just, you know, nothing gives you a bump back down to earth like Hull City away in the third round of the FA Cup.
1: Yeah, the the Jean-Michel Seri Derby yes. will be will be fantastic. Um, I'm pretty sure there's train strikes that weekend as well, so <laughs> it apps could not be a more horror tr- tie if if it tried. To be perfectly honest with you, and you know, I'm I'm going to most of the games in January. I've managed to get some some time off work, but I think the the whole game might be one that I give a give a firm miss and save my pennies for for Newcastle the week later. If I'm being perfectly honest with you.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, pretty brutal one. At least it wasn't Man City away. And also a good omen. the fourth
1: round. That'll be the fourth it's the fourth round we get City. So Yeah, it's the fourth round we get City.
0: Um one lovely omen though is that when Fulham reached the nineteen seventy five FA Cup final, who do we play in the third round? Hull. Well there,
1: there you we go. go. There you go. Renew <laughs> your passports.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to Wembley, lads. We're going to <laughs> Wembley. Right, that'll do for the uh the Fulhamish podcast today. Uh thank you very much to my guest, Jack Stroudley. Thank you.
1: Cheers, thanks
0: Sammy. Stephen Sheldrake, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, as ever, went to uh, our Telegram group to get some uh, pod names, um, and there were some good ones as ever. Uh, but I have to go for Aaron Lamb, the reams over, which uh, oh, yeah. I thought just uh, sums it up brilliantly. Some some good ones. There was Andre Basile relishing reams Renaissance. Matt Littlejohn said only Polinia left. Um, and uh, Drew Heatley said Robinson's Dutch Oven, Jesus Christ, like way to lower the (laughs) tone. Um, so Aaron Rams, the reams over, I think, is the uh, the best of the bunch there, but yeah, thank you very much for listening today. This time next week, we have a super exciting um, Fulhamish podcast. We have a documentary all about George Best's time at Fulham, um, featuring previously unheard audio of George Best talking about his time at the club um, it's a documentary that uh, George Cooper has put together uh, features um, people that saw George Best play live and interacted with uh, with George Best so um, we're really really excited it's going to be out on Monday the 12th of December on the podcast feed um, so hopefully it will kill some of the days in between the World Cup matches when they get a little bit more infrequent so um, definitely keep an eye out for that it's going to be uh, super exciting we're really excited for for you guys uh, to hear it uh, but until then have a lovely week and company whites